If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Todd. And I'm Ryan. And today we're talking about film festivals. Ryan. Yes, Todd. You, out of both of us, out of the two of us in this room right now, yep, have the most out of this huge audience <laughs> currently inside the studio. That's right. You have been to the most film festival. How many film festivals have you been? In? Uh, been to? I've been to probably about thirty. Probably. Dang, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like ten. <laughs> You've been to a lot. All right, so the most. The number one most probably uh, famous one you've been to is? Uh, for America, Sundance. Sundance. Oh, you have been to Sundance. Yep. Wow, I didn't know And that. then uh, the Cannes Film Festival wow. in France for the world. When did you go to uh, the Sundance? Uh, I went in 2006 <laughs> when I was in college. 13 years ago. Thir- yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is, that is crazy. 13 years ago you were in college. Yeah. You're old. Yeah, uh, I am. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. So what movies did you see when you were there? Uh, the Lucky Number Slevin Ooh. was there. Uh, it was actually the same uh, summer that um, Little Miss, or the same Sundance that Little Miss Sunshine played. Ah, uh, classic. But I couldn't get in. Yeah. Uh, um, so the way that, that- was probably a Sundance darling. It was a Sundance was- darling. It actually, at the time, took the, it was the biggest buy. Yeah. Uh, from Sundance ever. It was yeah. like $12.5 million, and it was like the biggest that anybody had ever spent buying And it probably didn't make that much. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a pretty... It was. It had those, a good yeah. release. Yeah, it did. I mean, when it came out back in the day. It was um, yeah. Well, it was Steve Carell, like, he was kind of yeah. starting to get into yeah. movies. Yeah, and, and it was yeah. just a fun... It's. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. I actually uh, really love that movie. Yeah, so it, it was like classic, like what independent filmmaking was at that time, you know, where it was like a story that Hollywood studios would never do with some celebrity power in it you know like like all the adults were celebrities you know the little girl she had, that was her first thing that she had ever been in abigail Brazil but like the grandpa yeah. like he had been like a regular actor and stuff um obviously steve carell because i think that was after anchorman if i'm remembering correctly yeah, I, think I mean, he was still was doing the office, and so yeah. it was like he was start. This was like a serious ish yeah. role for him. Yeah. There's a drama. Well, and he played a gay guy. Played a gay man. He a suicidal. To, yeah, gay man. suicidal gay yeah. man. Um, Paul Dano is in it. Yep. Yeah. Um, the emo, the emo son. Yeah. Paul Dano, and then the dad, uh, Gary, uh, Sin- or not Gary Sinise. Um, what's his name? Don't look at me. You know, I'm not going to know. But he he's also yeah. been in stuff. His and wife, Tony, Tony the mom, Collette. was in stuff. Tony Collette. So, yeah. But, yeah, so I went to Sundance. And then in 2000, actually, later that year, I went to Cannes. Okay. Wow. Um, that was a big year for you. Yeah. Yeah. Was, that was your peak. It, so it was. was. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. That was, that was as good as it got. It's downhill from there. As Nicholas, or. As good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, uh, that did not play at Sundance. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was one of, another actor that we should have mentioned earlier in our our yeah. lunch conversation. We had a great conversation off mic that you guys will never hear about I w- actors. I will say this: there was an obsession with Jack Nicholson there towards the end of his career, where he was like the hot thing in like romantic movies, yes. 
And Allie, my wife, my beautiful wife who's watching this, was like, why? Like, he's not attractive in any way. He's creepy. He's like a creepy guy. I was this obsession with Jack I think, I think it was the older women who remembered him when he was younger. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, I think there's a movie, it's, it's, uh, it's the one with him and Diane Keaton, and she's dating Keanu Reeves, and Jack Nicholson is dating Amanda Peet. They're both really young. Yeah. And then he's, like, attracted to Diane Keaton. Weird. But, like, all these really young women are, like, sleeping with Jack Nicholson. It's weird. It's like. Well, there was, oh, well, it still is that way. But there was definitely a very long air in Hollywood. I feel like it's a little less now because people are like, that's creepy. But, yeah, it's a 60 years difference. It's 40 years difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there was definitely a period there where it was, like, you know, you had to be 18 to 22. Yeah. To be with these like huge stars, leading men that are in their 40s or Gross. 50s. Yeah. You know, and it was like, ooh. Yeah. You know, now they weren't casted as 20 year old girls. Yeah. I mean, the movie, they were closer in age, but they were clearly not yeah. a 40 year old woman. Yeah. Um, I feel like we have less and less of that now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely better. going down, but there is still like, like Leo is in his late 40s and he's with like Margot Robbie and Wolf of Wall Street. Right. And she's in their like early 20s. Yeah. Movie. So there's a, yeah. 20 year difference yeah. but that's that's still better than 40 it's though better it's a lot better i mean leo's much more cutting it in half is than, still better yeah yeah so yeah. i'm not saying it's great but it's still <laughs> it's better, better. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so yeah so, so yeah i went so i've gone what did you see a sundance or uh, uh at can. can yeah so uh when i was at can oh well actually a, a fun story on sundance so um so yeah the way that those big film festivals work is they're basically really just a big show for press. Okay. That's all it is. It's just a big publicity stunt for these films. Um, and some of them actually get in on their merit, but for the most part, it's like big name at that point, And even still to this day, like Sundance and some of these other big movies, like if you don't have somebody like Steve Carell in your movie, yeah. you're not getting into Sundance. Yeah. And you're definitely not going to play in a theater and at like a time block where like yeah. people actually can come see your movie. Yeah. So, um, so the way it works is, the movie, like the director, the production company, whoever whoever funded and made the movie, they get like a certain amount of seats mm. in the theater. And all these theaters are pretty small. They're not, I mean, they're five, 600 kind of theaters, you know. And, um, and so they get a, like a block of seats. And then the press then get like first rights to any movie uh, that they want to see. Interesting. And the big press like just says, I'm going to this one, I'm going to this one, you know, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, New York Times, whatever they're like, I'm just gonna hey, I'm going to Yeah. I'm going to Little Miss Sunshine. Cool, sounds good. Uh and then like Sundance just gives them a seat. Then there's like the like second tier and like third tier press where it's like if you have a press badge even from like the Rome Tribune, yeah, you have better odds of seeing it than if you're just a fan who buys a pass. Yeah. And then the people who actually they don't actually sell tickets to the movies to like just fans. What you do is you like join this lottery system that's online. And when it opens up, you have a ticket and you go in and you try to like preserve as many seats, as many like any movie you can get basically. Wow. Because they just like, they're just like gone, you know, yeah. within a couple hours. And cause you're just trying to see a movie yeah. at Sundance, yeah. you know? And then when you get there, if you did that, you pick up the passes, then there's two lines that you can wait in. One where I have a ticket to see Little Miss Sunshine yeah. at 7 p.m. at this theater. 
or there's the I'm gonna wait and just hope that there's seats available. I don't have a ticket at all, mm. and you're hoping that like the press decide not to come, or they already saw a screener of it, or you know, Steve Carell is drunk, so he's not gonna be sitting in his seat, so or whatever, you know. And so, um, not saying that about Steve Carell. Steve, you heard it here first, people. Steve Carell is an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> We're calling you out. <laughs> Um, it's all those Michael Scott years. <laughs> Can't live inside that Michael Scott. I, I think it was uh, Evan Almighty is yeah, what, what, <laughs> what drove in the drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and so most of the time, the people who had passes or like tickets that mm-hmm. they had gotten ahead of time in the like lottery, they wouldn't even get in. Wow! Because all the press would show up, especially if the movie was popular. So they would screen the movie like multiple times. So like if the first screening it was like a huge hit and even the press couldn't get into it. Then like all that press that didn't get in before then wants to go this next time or the ones that were like, Oh, I don't know anything about this movie. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, this is like the, this is the one at Sundance yeah. that everybody's talking about. Then all those press that didn't go the first time, then want to go the second or third time or friends of the filmmakers or whatever. Yeah. And so most of Sundance is actually standing in line for like three or four hours, hoping you get into a movie. And then when you don't, you leave. <laughs> wow! Walk, walk away from the theater. Jeez. So I saw Lucky Number Eleven. Somehow we waited in line forever and got in it. We tried to get into. It bit. was totally worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> Actually, did you not like Lucky Lucky Number Eleven? I 11? just, it's, I mean, it was kind of where Bruce Willis's career was starting to go down. So. Oh uh, well, I mean, I thought he actually did decent. In that Josh movie. Josh Hartman's in it. I love him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and Lucy Liu. I actually like that one. Okay. Um, but maybe it's this nostalgia of actually mm-hmm. getting to see it. Yeah, I was going to say, when you stand out in, in the cold for yeah. that long, you're yeah, like, well, I have to like They it. actually have in <gasps> the stuff inside, which oh, is that's nice. Um, and then we saw some shorts. And then I also got to see um, like a, the second time it played at Sundance. Like it played earlier in the week, and so I got like the second screening. So the director wasn't there, but I got to see Michelle Gondry's second movie. So he's the one that did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, interesting. And then his second movie then premiered at Sundance, and I okay. got to see it. So that, the, that was a weird one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, with it the was, dreams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, the, the lady who played Amelie, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. So, but with Lucky Number 11, um, we got into the balcony, and we were basically like right on the front row of the balcony. And um, they do Q&A in film festivals, as you know. And so they opened it up to the audience and in classic Q&A audience fashion, like nobody was saying anything. So <laughs> I then shot up. Nice. And I was like, I got a question. And so then Josh Hartnett like points up at me <gasps> in the balcony is like, you know, yeah, uh, you up there, you know? And I was, so then I asked him, I don't remember what question you I asked. vomited yeah, off. I was just like, uh, like, was it fun kissing Lucy? Yeah, yeah. Lou? <laughs> it's uh, the Chris Farley With your show. lips? Remember in the movie when you did the... You <laughs> 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 just scream and run out. Yeah. Uh, uh, so like, uh... Yeah. No. Uh, so yeah, that was Sunday. That was so. cool. And it was cold. Yeah. Uh, the most fun actually in Sundance was riding around on the bus with all the other like industry people, yeah. especially as a college student. Yeah. Because I was just some random junior in college. Yeah. And I was riding around with producers and people, cool. you know, people yeah. who are trying to make it. And I'm sure most of those people there in the buses were not well off in the industry. Right. Yeah. They <laughs> wouldn't be on the bus. At the yeah. Way. But I didn't know that. You right. know, so it was still cool to be, you know, talking to different it's people. It's a win win situation. You think you're talking to a big shot, they feel like a big shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, um, I, I only, so as a friend of, uh, kind of a, 
friend of Barry, we weren't like super close, but she had gone to Sundance before and was like, hey, I'm going again. And she had a group of friends from high school that she went with. So it was like me and her friends from high school. So I didn't really know a ton of people. Um, but I, my goal was always to try to like get their business card, which now I know that like you'll give out your business card yeah, gladly yeah. to anybody who wants yeah. it. Oh, you want my number and my email address and my website? Yeah. Yeah. Please take this thing. I printed these off specifically for this event. But I would always like try to make up some fancy th- or they'd be like, well, I write for this paper. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a great paper, man. I love that paper. You guys had some really good articles last week. And my friend would then be like, what are you, did you yeah. read? Have you ever heard of that paper? And I'd be like, no, I've never yeah, read yeah. that paper before. So that was fun, too, to go there and just act like I was a big shot when I really wasn't. Well, it was really cool, too, because you got that. That one guy was really into, like, you know, getting in contact with you. His name was, like, Harvey or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was really more interested in my friend. That's true. That's true. But He uh, really wanted her number, but he thought he could get yeah, it through yeah. me. But you had to leave. So. But I had to leave, so it, it didn't work out. <laughs> so, so now you're at Cannes. Yeah. So Cannes, I went uh, through an internship. Um and where uh, is Cannes? It's in France. It's wow. in the, it's in the south of France That's along it. the French Riviera. Um right. It's kind of near um Nice. Mm-hmm. Um about an hour train ride away from Nice. And very pretty. I mean it's like gorgeous yeah. area of of the world. It's your classic like French Riviera kind of area. Um like f- ridiculous yachts like the kind that are in like in like Wolf of Wall Street yeah. kind of thing, you know, where you're like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. so much money. Yeah. And then these people would like host these parties on these yachts and stuff. And so same thing, I kept being like, man, I just want to like just be ballsy and be like, hey, can I come to your party? <laughs> and just see if they'd let me on. Never ask, Ryan. You just assume. You <laughs> that's just right. Go. I should have. Hey, I'm here for the party. Uh, I could be like Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston in that movie. Befriend the, <laughs> <laughs> solve the murder. Um, so uh, that one, yeah, the uh, Cannes main thing. Uh, Sundance definitely has it too, but where like Sundance is more about publicity, really, of and like launching movies. Yeah, you know, you get the big news about, you know, Little Miss Sunshine, and now it plays in a bunch of theaters and people go see it because it was the the Sundance darling. Uh, Cannes is really a marketplace where they buy and sell movies um, for the international markets. So we have one in the United States as well. It's called AFM, the American Film Market. It doesn't have movie showing. It's just purely for buying and selling mm. the rights to movies. Can is the main buying and selling for the rights internationally. So um, it's basically just like a really big trade show. Yeah. But for movies. That's interesting. Um, and like the creative side of movies. Um, and so there's like tons of agents walking around with their actors and they're trying to pitch them to producers and people, screenwriters are there trying to sell their screenplays and, um, countries are there to try to like convince movies to come film in their countries. Um, so like, you know, somebody like Atlanta almost could have one, you know, have like be send somebody out there to try Do to they have like a booth and well, so, <laughs> video playing just uh, Ireland sitting there. Yeah. So there is like, um, there's probably, probably each day there's probably like about a hundred films showing at can, wow. um, throughout the day would be my guess that might be more, might be less, but might, definitely it's not less, but it might be more. Um, and there's like official selection and then there's like, and those ones like can win the palm door, the prize that actually is a really small, it's like 12 movies that actually oh, get okay. picked for that. Then there's probably like another like 80 movies that are like the non competing movies that are yeah. selected that are going to screen in like the official theaters, but they're not up for any awards. And then 
people will actually rent out other theaters or ballrooms or just random spaces where they can screen a movie. Yeah. And they'll show their movies that they're trying to get buyers to buy. Okay. Or, you know, these international rights. They're they're they convince the person from Ireland to come and sit in the theater and see it in hopes that then or or reviewers, you know, and so the publicity part definitely plays a big part too. There's a ton of press there. Yeah. Um, so one of the big parts is you have these big, huge theaters. I mean, then these buildings are like gigantic. Um, and like a 10th of it is used for movies and the other 90% is used for booths and trade expos. And it's insane. Yeah. Like walking through your, like, I remember walking through. So because we were interns, we got this like all access pass that we could basically go anywhere we wanted to. And, um, so on our off hours, we would just wander around and it is exactly what you're talking about. Like, as long as you look like you're supposed to be there, yeah. security guards, everybody like doesn't ever pay any attention. Like, why are these random kids walking around? Doesn't matter. So we would just go all over the place and you would just go from like enormous ballroom to enormous ballroom to enormous ballroom to enormous ballroom. And just like one right after the other. I mean, you could spend just like an hour just like walking through them. If you're just not even stopping to look at anything, just like walking straight. How I do things. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be packed, like, you know, everything just butted up one right up next to the other of booths. And they would have 20, 100 movies that were, like, listed posters listed behind them. And they have these meetings, and they're trying to sell Jeez. them to distributors, and they're trying to sell them to, you know, territories. I'm just imagining a marketplace on, like, Tatooine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. we got the movies! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... It, yeah, Tatooine. Yeah, the Star Wars. I thought you said tat like tattoo. No, no, no. Like Star Wars. <laughs> like putting a tattoo on someone. I was Medicaid like, that's a weird analogy. Looks like a Star Wars. That's coming. almost what it feels like. It's, <laughs> it's. I mean, it really was like I was insane, yeah. and I was like, where are all these movies coming from? That's crazy. You know, like who's making these movies? Yeah. You know, uh, and I mean, in the like, and that's where when you see that, you understand why those statistics where they're like, you know, this many movies are made every year, but only this many are successful. It's yeah. like, yeah, because they come here to die. Yeah. That's why. Um, and I mean, some of those can be successful and do well, but they're, you know, they're going straight to, at that point, like Blockbuster, yeah. you know, something like that. Um, so uh, the other interesting thing was, like I was saying, all these countries try to convince people to come and film in their country. Um, and so you have these the big main buildings where all the convention parts at and the movies play. And then along the beach, they would set up these big, huge, like circus tent like pavilions. And each country, pretty much that wanted to be represented, got a tent along the beach. Um, and it was, I mean, it was nice, you know, like a boardwalk along the sand. And then they'd have the tents on each side and stuff. Um, and you would go in there and then these different countries would try to convince you, Hey, this is why you should come film in our country. Here's the kind of tax breaks we can give you. Here's the kind of financing that we have available. If you film in our country, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know, well, the United States pretty much owns the movie industry. Um, so we don't need a tent convincing people to come film in our country because <laughs> it's, they're trying to convince us to go yeah. film in their country. Yeah. Why would we need to be convinced to stay in our own country? And then all the major studios would like literally rent out a hotel. Like they would just rent out the Hilton or the Hyatt and they would put huge banners of these like mega movies. So at the time that I was there, X-Men, the third X-Men I think was coming out. Ugh. Would that be about right? Yeah. And then the Da Vinci Code. Okay. So those were like the two big movies that like X-Men yeah. was at, Da Vinci was at the beginning. It like opened the festival 
and then X-Men ended it. And that's like the big difference between Sundance and and Cannes is that like Cannes definitely does show a lot of like international movies that would be kind of more independent because they're not coming from like, you know, Warner Brothers or Paramount or Universal Studios or Disney. But then they'll open and close the films with like big huge yeah. movies. Yeah. Um where Sundance like doesn't ever show a movie from Disney. Yeah. They would never show X-Men. Yeah. In a that, that would be like even if they still are working with big huge you know, it could still be a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. But it's not X Men. Yeah. It's gonna be Lincoln. Yeah. You know. And even then it's like that's probably too big. It would need to be even something more independent. Yeah. That Annapurna yeah. Productions is producing. So, um so that was kind of an interesting part of for them, but because of that, then they would have like you know, they would I could easily see them doing something where they have like a triple X poster. Yeah. You know, for Vin Diesel, like hanging down the side of a hotel, trying to be like, "Hey, this movie's coming out this year. Yeah. Everybody get excited, you know? Or hey, here's a new Avengers poster. Here's The Rock for some movie. You know, it's like and Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah, Hobbs and Shaw, and it's this huge, huge, yeah, yeah. poster that's like you sides know, of a building. Yeah, yeah, you know, twenty, thirty stories tall, Jeez. hanging down on the side of the hotel. Um, so it was very, that was very fascinating. And so, anyways, because America doesn't need that pavilion. Um, I was an intern at the American Pavilion, and it's basically like a hospitality center for all the Americans. Okay. So you have to buy a membership for it. Anybody can come into it, but it's prim- primarily Americans that are coming into it. And um, so we had like a cafe, little lunch din- diner kind of area with like where you can get um, coffee and stuff like that in the morning and then lunch in the afternoon. And then we had um, uh, workshops that they did. And then they had like a meeting section that you could like reserve a little section if you wanted to have like private meetings. And so I was in charge of selling membership dues. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it was very, very thrilling. They didn't, uh, pay like you guys have to pay. Yeah. 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 It was definitely like looking back and I was like one of those internships where you're like, I don't know if this should be technically called an internship because I paid to fly over there and be a part of the program. And then they didn't pay me anything while I was there. Yeah. So it's like I had to pay to be in it, and I had to pay for my housing, and I had to pay for my airfare, and I had to pay for my food. So the only thing they did is they provided lunch, but it was like on the other side of town. And so if you were working, you couldn't get over there and back in time. Now, you only had to work like four or five hours. So, I mean, you, for the most part, you were really paying for the experience to yeah. be able to be at Cannes. Yeah. And you just almost had to like volunteer almost yeah. in the pavilion. Um, like I had another friend who like they were doing a big green initiative because actually another movie that was coming out at that time was Inconvenience Truth. Oh, interesting. And so they were going around trying to help like basically like they were the street team for like yeah. convincing people to be more green at their studios. And oh, stuff. I bet that was fun. Well, it was because <laughs> they didn't do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they just they just went around to like the first day or two. They actually went around to places. And then after that, it was like they couldn't. There yeah. was nowhere else to go. Yeah. Because they'd gone to all the big hotels and those hotels aren't going to let you go and talk to all the individual yeah. offices. They're just like, yeah, give us your pamphlet. Cool. Please leave. Yeah. Um, well, I was just thinking of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine when Jake Peralta was like, I'm going to go completely invisible. Hey, would you like to talk about saving the earth? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the, yeah, they basically just watched movies yeah. all day. Um, the rest of us who actually had to be there. And, and for the most part, like everybody was really, really like laid back and relaxed about the the volunteer stuff right except for the lady who was in charge of the membership of course which kind of makes sense because she was like the memberships were expensive they're like 150 dollars yeah. or something like that so they were 
you know, they actually are making money to pay for the tent. Yeah. So that's why she took it seriously. Um, but, and there was like parties and networking stuff and opportunities for us to like pitch to producers. And so, I mean, overall it was a good experience. Yeah. And when you're young, like yeah. you don't have anything else. You yeah. Know, that's the, yeah. that's the perfect time to go yeah. get, get that creative juice. Yeah. Inspiration going. Yeah. So, so um, so that was definitely um, very different from Sundance. Um, uh, like I got to go see X Men, mm-hmm. got to walk the red carpet. Nice. Um, we actually had to have like a tux. Um, my sister Carla actually got married the Saturday. I flew out the same night as her wedding. Wow. Um, and I didn't. I'm classic Ryan. I just didn't get a tux. Like I didn't buy one or rent one or figure it out. So I just kept the tux. From her wedding. Perfect. And then just took it back two weeks later. Amazing. Um, Amazing. And it was from Goodwill, and they were like, oh, we didn't even notice that you were supposed to bring it back. And I was like, cool, so do I need to pay anything? And they're like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> and then they went out of business like two months later, so I think they didn't really care. Um, so That's uh, an inconvenient truth. Yeah, that is. Um, I got to talk to The Rock, actually, while I was there. <gasps> Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. Before, he would have been real big. Yeah. Yeah, he was just there. He wasn't like promoting any movie. He was just there trying to promote his career. Amazing! Uh, uh, you literally got to talk to a person who today is the highest grossing. Yeah, movie exactly. Yeah, uh, Killian Murphy. We walked past uh, Gandalf. I, you got to talk to Cillian Murphy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's a big so, deal. Well, it was a. He, he's it, awesome. Yeah, he, oh, he I, was a Scarecrow from Batman Begins. Yeah, for, yeah. he was there for Peaky the Blinders. wind that shakes the barley. Oh, which yeah. is actually the movie that won the Palm Door yep, that year. Yep. Uh, so I got to see that. I actually went and saw that. Nice. Um, uh, so I was in the theater like when it premiered the first time. Um, th- just like Sundance, they replay movies if they're really popular. Um, those uh, are that's really big deal. Dwayne yeah. Johnson and Tilly, like yeah. those guys are. I mean, Tilly Murphy he is he is in Peaky Blinders, which is a yeah. big show. Oh, no, I, I, I like he's a great actor. He was in and super nice guy yeah. too. Yeah, Inception. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the he was the guy who gets incepted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we went into this hotel after the X Men premiere. Uh, like my, they put us all up in rooms like they always do, you know. And so it was me and my roommate, another, or two of my roommates, and then some other random guy that, and a girl that joined us. That we kind of made this little posse of friends that would go around to movies and go into the trade shows and talk about how we would con our way onto the boat, you know, classic stuff. And, um, and so we went to this hotel that one of the guys was like, this is the one that I think everybody goes to. Like, okay, cool. So we went in there. We're all dressed up, wearing the badge. Once again, feeling like, how are we even in here? Yeah, you know. But it was like, nope, no one cared. Nobody yeah. cared. I mean, it's yeah. an open bar. I mean, yeah. it was like not like it was a closed off event or anything. And uh, so then we noticed that like The Rock and Killian Murphy and probably their producers or somebody were like reps or whatever were like standing around on the other side of the bar in a circle. Um, hanging out, and um, at the time, like The Rock wasn't actually as big of a deal as he was. Like, no, he was just wrestling. Yeah, and... I mean, he was in some stuff, but he was in like the rundown. Yeah, tall, and... st- standing tall, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, he might have been in the Scorpion King at that yeah. point, but like he was like that random yeah guy who just showed up. Yeah, like Killian Murphy was more the star because yeah. of Batman, um, and then he was in the movie that was going to win the Palm Door, um, and so me and my roommate both had to pee. So as we're standing at the urinal. I'm like, how much you want to bet me that I can get Killian Murphy to come over and talk to us? And he's like, there's no way you can do that. And he was like, kind of like you, where it's like he, he knew all these like facts about everything, uh-huh. and he'd be like, that person's this, this person's that, that's this person, your friend, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, and I don't know any of that stuff, you know. And and he even 
did a really good job. He was on the green team. Uh, and so he was gone to all these different offices. And so he kind of like somehow like knew who people were or he'd overhear stuff, but he was too shy to go up and talk to him. So he would like come over to me and be like, that guy over there is a producer. We should talk to him. I'll be like, okay. And so then I would just like walk up there. Yeah. I'd almost be like Barney, like, Hey, have you yeah. met my friend? So-and-so. So I'd kind of like, that was kind of our relationship. So then I was like, okay, this is almost like the end of our trip. What's like the big thing that I can. Let's take this me being bold and just walking up to strangers and <laughs> yeah. asking them to, you know, just introducing myself to just anybody and not having any fear. I was like, I'm going to do it to Killian Murphy. Yeah. And so he's like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, I bet you I can. And so anyway, so then we went back out there and we're all sitting around talking. I keep like looking outside my eye and I'm like, screw it. I'm going to do it. So I walk over there and I tell him, I was like, I bet my friends over there, um, 20 bucks and a beer that I could get you to come over and say hi and talk to us for a second. I'll make you a deal. If you let me keep the 20 bucks, I'll give you the beer. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure. I'll <laughs> and so then I walked over there and I was like, hey guys, this is Killian Murphy. <laughs> Killian Murphy, this is the guys. And, you know, and he talked for like two minutes, you of know, because everybody was just like, ah. Uh, uh, and he's like, and he's like, well, you guys having a good time? Yeah, we are. It's the first time we can. Yeah, it is. And he's like, well, it's nice to meet you guys. And he left. So, uh, I mean, it wasn't like yeah, yeah. a long conversation by any means, but. Nonetheless, it was fun. That's very nice. Um, like I said, we saw Gandalf because of X-Men. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen and then Patrick Stewart. I probably would have lost my mind if I met Yeah, so we were walking down the sidewalk talking, I think after that, being in the hotel. And we're all like, oh, my gosh. you know. And then we walk past. We're going down. And like all of a sudden, Ian McKellen, definitely a boy toy, was walking with him. <laughs> uh, like the super- As many of you, Ian McKellen is- like this, is like a, a super man. young, yes. like 18, 20 year old, you know, <laughs> handsome guy. And I was like, oh, it's a nephew. <laughs> yeah, that's really what it is. And uh, hey, good for you, Ian. Hey, good do, for you. Do your thing. Uh, and then Patrick Stewart, and then some other person, and like the Patrick Stewart. Yeah. So because <gasps> they were there together. Yeah, they're friends. They're yeah, best friends. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, it's it's Magneto and and, and Professor X. And so Magneto and Professor X like walk past me on I the sidewalk. I know him as John the Car. Yeah. The greatest. I know you do. Captain. I, that's right. I don't actually know. Well, I do know him from that, but I never really watched the show. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so they like walk by, and then like as we walk by, I'm like, yeah, guys, wasn't that just, and they're like, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, should we follow them and like see where they go? And then we were like, nah. Yeah. So. You should have. You should I would have, but if... they were a little like less hesitant. I was like, I'm here to see some celebrities, guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like 21 years old in college. I want to see some celebrities. I was going to say, to be honest, even at 30, I'd be like, I'm going to see some celebrities. Yeah. I would have lost my mind at seeing The Rock just because you know me. Yeah. I know you I'm love The Rock. I'm obsessed with The Rock. I know you are. Like, even back when he was The Rock wrestler, right. there's just something about him. He's yeah. got this yeah. machismo. Oh, yeah. He's insane. Yeah. So. so those were the big ones. Uh, I got to watch. Um, there was like a, and that was the thing. Screenings would happen all the time, and you would just get like invites to it. Oh, interesting. Um, but not like officially. It would just be like, hey, this movie is playing over here. Yeah. I or I, I heard this movie is playing at this theater at two o'clock. Why don't we go and see if it is? And you'd go in, and everybody's kind of standing around, and then some random person with like, you know all black clothes on and a little headset would be like, okay, everybody come on in. And then you'd be like, what are we doing? And then all of a sudden, you know, you find out, oh, it is that movie, yeah. you know? So uh, Clerks 2 wasn't out yet, but they were doing like a sneak preview of it, once again with like press and kind of to build buzz. 
and that was one of the movies that I heard about from somebody. I wasn't actually a huge Kevin Smith fan at the time. I probably I'm not even still a huge Kevin Smith fan so much. I as don't his. really get the Kevin. Yeah, Smith I mean, I don't. I don't. Stuff. I'm not like a huge fan of his movies just because, like, what you're saying. I don't really get the humor as much. I just I, don't get why he's like culturally such a big sound piece. Yeah. You know, like when it comes to movies and stuff, like every Batman movie that's come out or something, you know, he's yeah. like, it's going to blow your mind. And then it's garbage. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's, like he was talking about Justice League and all that. He's like, it's amazing. And then yeah. he- I think he he and, so it's like Quentin Tarantino, Kevin Smith, and, um, uh, oh, man. Uh, like Kevin Smith is like the official like host for all IMDb stuff. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, is insane. So Kevin Smith. Quentin Tarantino. Oh my gosh, what's the other guy? Oh, we love his movies. I can't believe I'm blanking on. What movie. what's his movies? Uh, like Royal Tenenbaums. Oh yeah, yeah, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yeah. So those three were like the original Sundance darlings. Yeah. And I think Definitely. and I think people who were like into movies back in the early '90s. Yeah. You were one of the those guys' fans. Yeah. Um, and I think it usually broke down more closely to where like Quentin Tarantino was like the biggest. Yeah. Then I think Kevin Smith was the next, and then I think Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Wes Anderson was like the the redhead stepchild. Yeah, I think uh, Wes Anderson stuff has like probably like had a better longevity. It has like aged better, yeah. and then obviously Quentin Tarantino has almost like grown beyond like independent films to right. a certain degree. Like he's as like big, he's as blockbusters you can get. Yeah. for independent films, and then Kevin Smith has just stopped making movies. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's why people are so into him. Is it's not really our generation so much as it would be like the people who are like twenty years older than yeah. us generation, um, ten years, you know, fifteen years, uh, because he was like the original like slacker, yeah, comedy independent yeah. stuff. Yeah, I I would say he probably kind of helped usher in like comic culture, nerd culture into yeah. the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, and that. and that slacker culture of like like you would never have had there's something about Mary without Kevin Smith. Right. Like Mall Rats and Mall Rats, yeah. Clerks, like all yeah. these things. Like he did stuff that everybody was like, Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. You know, I mean he regularly had like people like protesting his movies. Yeah. Um and it's like now it's like there's stuff like that all the time. Yeah. You know. Um so even something like Seth Rogan, like I don't think I don't like he was Kind of the original Seth Rogen before there was that kind of stuff. Like take, Seth Rogen. Well, like taking like the new one about like the three kids going on the party or like uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, Seth Rogen. I thought you were talking about, for some reason when you said Rogen, I was thinking Joe Rogen. Oh, no. And I was like, Seth, huh? Yeah, Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Super Bad, yeah, all yeah. those kind yeah. of movies. Yeah. Like those yeah. were, those yeah. would have been a Kevin Smith movie in yeah. the early 90s. Yeah. Um, Slacker, stoner, kind of. Guy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. taking stuff that we consider innocent and like showing it in a very crude, yeah. but also like somewhat hum- humanizing the crudeness to a yeah. certain degree too. You know, like oh, you know these gas station attendants, you won't believe what they do in the bathroom when you're not there or in the you know behind the whatever. But but they also like have love. They also have people that they love who they wish would love them back, and they also have. You know, family stuff and this and emotions and you know that whole thing. You know, Seth Rogen wrote Super Bad when he was like sixteen. No. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Impressive. Yeah, he wrote like all the movies that like like knocked up Super Bad and all stuff, all like back to back to back. Huh. And then just like when hey. he got star power, just started one making one got successful. He made that one. Yeah. That one, so. Yeah. Um. So I saw his 
uh it definitely has some crude aspects to it for sure but his one of his newer movies um the long shot oh was it good yeah yeah i, I, really I wanted to see it. that yeah um I so June but and we walk in though and so it's like oh clerks too cool and i just figured it'd be a screening of it and yeah. then like kevin smith walks in yeah so that was actually pretty cool to like because i knew of him and in high school one of my professor or teachers was like a huge kevin yeah. smith fan and so it's like that was probably like cool to me to be like oh it's actually a yeah. director yeah that i'm getting to see versus just a random actor yeah um i mean no matter what anyone you meet like i met rob schneider the one time yeah I don't like any of his stuff. <laughs> I don't enjoy anything, but it's Rob Schneider. Yeah, you know? it's, it's still like, Rob Schneider. It's like, oh, this guy is culturally out there. Yeah. yeah. Probably the one that I was actually legitimately the most excited about was um, I, I was a huge, uh, growing up with a bunch of women, I don't even know if it really had that, that much to do with it, to be honest, but I've always been a romantic comedy yeah. fan. Yeah. And, and like the more like both people romantic comedies, not like Pretty Woman or like Dirty Dancing, but like- you know, how to lose a guy in 10 days, yeah. you know, where it's like, it's got some funny elements. It's got the romance. That's elements. like chick flick. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So chick yeah. flicks. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's once again, it's not like one. It's more comedy. Well, yeah, because like yeah. Matthew McConaughey still portrays the man side. Yeah. It's like the date night movie, yeah. you know, it's like the romantic ones. I guess that's why I say the romantic comedy, yeah. you know, or the, you know, it's a, um, uh, You've got mail, or yeah, yeah, or some of those other ones that like Meg Ryan was in back in the day. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Um, not Sleepless in Seattle, no, but that's kind of that's not really. I mean, it is a comedy, but it's kind of de- depressing a little bit. What's the one where, um, he talks about how a man and woman can't be friends? Oh, when Harry met Sally. When Harry met Sally. Yeah. You know, but anyways, at our era, it was like Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. It was How to Lose a Guy in Ten mm-hmm. Days. It was those kind of movies. Yeah. So because of um, she's all that. So in She's All That, Rachel Lee Cook, that's like one of my favorites. Ah, uh, yeah, Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah. So one Gorgeous. of these things was, you know, the the intern thing that's a part of. They put on these workshops, and so I just happened to like try to go to one of them. Most of the time, they were always happening when I was working, at, like around lunchtime, so I wasn't able to go. But this time, I was able to, and I came in, but I was running late because it's all the way across town, and I just finished my, my volunteer time, and I show up, and um, right when I show up. Rachel Lee Cook shows up with her agent <laughs> and she's like, Hey, is this where the um workshop thing is for like the American Pavilion stuff? And I'm like, Oh yeah, are you here for that? And she's like, Yeah, I am. And I'm like, Oh, well, let me show you how where it's at. And so I then take Rachel Lee Cook like through this building and down into like the workshop. And I'm like, here you go. So that was actually to me more exciting because yeah. I, I had a huge crush on Rachel Lee well, Cook. Well, and you had your glasses on and 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 when she exactly. she was like turned around and say thank you, you took your glasses off and she was like, Oh my God. You're, you're beautiful. so beautiful. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. came and swept you away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I actually pulled out glasses and I put them back on her, and I'm like, now you're perfect. Well, the funny thing is, I saw her Instagram not too long ago. She looks the exact same. I mean, she's gorgeous. It's a, it's amazing. She's, she looks. Yeah. She doesn't look different at all. Yeah. She hasn't been in anything else. No. Well, she does do a few movies here or there. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, I had a huge crush. That was like yeah. my celebrity crush as like in high school, and so to like see your celebrity yeah. crush oh, like man, walk up huge. on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. And then to like get not just like see her walk by, oh, but like I spent interact, yeah. more time with her than Killian Murphy or yeah. any of these other people, you know, to actually like walk and like and then ask her how her day was going and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, it's yeah. great, it's great. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was Can. Um, so now we have <laughs> we have twenty eight <laughs> other. <laughs> so obviously exactly. we're a only lot forty of- <laughs> minutes in. 
So a, a lot of those film festivals are very small, and we yeah. don't really, you yeah. know, it's not really yeah, much. Yeah, those are like the two biggest film festivals in the world. Right, right, right. Two big ones. So like the top five, I would say, is Sundance, Cannes, Toronto Film yep. Festival, New York Film Festival. Uh, Trebekah. Tre- yeah, the Trebekah, uh, which is New York, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of festivals yeah. in New York. Right, so. Trebekah Film Festival, yeah, and then what would you say the the fifth one is uh maybe the berlin film festival is another yeah. one on the international yeah. scene that's a really big deal yeah so like toronto is another one where like that's been getting more and more popular yeah. lately and yeah it wasn't actually tiff. as big of a deal when i was going right. to sundance right. i would say in the like the last five years just got really yeah big. probably the last like 10 years like yeah. since helen and i have been married toronto's become yeah. like a place where basically it's almost like people didn't get into sundance yeah so they're like screw sundance we're yeah. gonna go over to toronto exactly and toronto's become more of like the award season yeah it is like place like yeah. if if you're gonna win an oscar most yeah. likely it, it shows up yeah. Toronto. yeah so. so i've never been to toronto never yeah. been to trebekah a friend of mine got a film into trebekah this last year which is really cool um and after the fact i was like why did i go with him i should yeah. totally have gone but i mean it's also in new york and it, right. all these festivals cost a lot of money to go to um, other ones that are like mentionables would be like South by Southwest. It was a bigger deal back in the day. I feel like it's actually kind of lost some of its clout. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's interesting now because as movies get bigger, so like Disney, they don't really show Marvel movies at those festivals and stuff oh, because no. they know once again, it goes back into the they don't need to sell it. They don't need to market it. Disney yeah. is a distribution site. That's one thing with the whole uh, Sony and Disney aspect of it is Sony would spend the money to make the movie, but Disney would distribute it. They would like you know market it and they yeah. distribute it, and Kevin Feige would produce it. So um, that's kind of the whole reason they split. Was Sony was like we're spending all the money and only getting you know. Because yeah. the new deal was they wanted fifty fifty, which some Disney of those people, like, no. which is called P and A product, uh, public, oh, what does it stand for? Pu- uh, I don't remember. I'll look it up. P and A, look it up. P and A film terms. You'll find out what it means. But it's a common acronym, and the P and A is basically all the promotion and like advertising. Maybe that's what it stands for publicity and advertising, probably. And um, on a lot of movies, uh, the P and A spend is actually the same amount. Or more than everything else. Wow. So if you spent five hundred million making the movie, there's a good chance you're gonna spend five hundred million to advertise yeah. and promote the movie to get people in to see it. Yeah. So that's why within when they make a billion dollars, it's like, well, they actually just broke even. Yeah. 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 And no, I mean geez, you just think of like Marvel or any of those movies and you just see them everywhere. Yeah. You just see them everywhere. And that's why. It's, yeah, it's because of that. Yeah. So, and, uh, and that's only, and that's why then these festivals like Sundance and Cannes and some of these other ones, Toronto, have turned into what they are, which is less of like films that film festivals that people like you and I can get into, and film festivals that people like Steve Carell can get into. Yeah, is because a little small movie like Little Miss Sunshine, they don't have fifty million dollars to go yeah advertise and put. Little Miss Sunshine billboards all over New York City and L.A. and on the sides of buses and Atlanta and everywhere, you know. Um, but they do, if they win Sundance or they get enough publicity from Sundance, then it like it's organic, yeah, you know, and they can get enough push out of their own. So uh, those are the big, huge festivals that you could, that the reality is the majority, 99% of people never have a shot at getting into. Yeah. We submitted running at full speed to Sundance just because I was like, I can't not submit yeah. the first feature I ever made to Sundance 
even though it was like hundred bucks and I knew we'd never get in. Um, cause I was like, that's the first film festival I ever went to. Yeah. It's Sundance. Yeah. I got to submit to it. Um, but we never stood a shot at getting no. into Sundance. No. Most of those movies are actually already curated. So even though a bunch of people submit, it's like only like a handful of them are actually pulled from the yeah. submissions. The majority of them are curated or, or a friend of a friend kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then regards to the remaining festivals, the ones that we can actually get into, and these are the more of the ones that I think is more interesting to talk about. The other ones are just fun stories, and if you are into movies, it's worth going sometime. I mean, it is expensive, but just to have the experience, it's yeah. just kind of an interesting experience to go. And Park City is pretty. The French Riviera is beautiful. Um, you do have to watch out for pickpocketers and people like that, muggers, because of all those people. It's like prime target for theft. We had multiple people who got stuff stolen from them. Um, but... Uh, the other festivals, everything else beyond that, that you can actually get into film festivals like the Atlanta Film Festival or the one here in Rome or the Knoxville Film Festival or the Orlando Film Festival or the main, like a lot of the state festivals, basically. Yeah. Um, I think that's what's kind of more interesting to kind of talk about more from a practical side of things as far as like what can you do to get into them? Are they even worth going to anymore? What purpose do they serve? How much money do they cost? You know, I probably spent $5,000 on film festivals, maybe even a little bit more by the time I, like, traveled to them. Yeah. Stayed at the hotels. I mean, I spent three grand submitting riff or submitting running at full speed to film festivals. Wow. Um, and I, sub I submitted to about 100 film festivals. So it's like that gives you kind of an idea, like, how much, like, the, the fees are for these kind yeah. of things. Um. And then even just like what can you kind of expect when you go to the film festival? Like I mentioned in the podcast last week, you know, like a lot of these film festivals, you think you're going to like screen your movie, but in reality, like nobody shows up yeah. to the movie screenings. Um, and I ran the film festival here in Rome for three years. So it's like I kind of get to, I sort of have a understanding of both sides of the coin or both sides of the fence of, you know, what it looks like behind the scenes and how much work it is yeah. to put on the festival and try to convince people to, get butts and seats and yet then on the flip side as a filmmaker also knowing how disappointing it is to show a movie and there's nobody there yeah um so i thought that could be interesting to talk about yeah i'll lead, i'll let you lead questions or do you want me to just talk about it? Oh, you just talk about it. i i think for me you know a lot of this because we've talked about it over the years yeah it's it's i think i'm, I'm not sure what like people's ex expectation is yeah you know so like Obviously, when we think of a film festival, we do think of like Sundance, and yeah. Cannes. We think it's yeah. huge and big, and where people are waiting in line to yeah. see a movie. Yeah, and I know from like personal experience, like when you were present, we had like that house party, and like a lot of like filmmakers came in. They're like, "This is amazing! Like, this yeah. is the most." And it was small, like Rome yeah. International Film Festival, Rome, Georgia, um, is this was very small. But we had uh, what two years ago? Last year, we had a. Uh, Burt Reynolds come. Yep. And our town gave him a key to the and city. Named and we had a Burt Reynolds Day. Yeah. That's how crazy our town is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to this day it just blows my mind. But um Yeah. yeah I mean, and then last year Judge Reinhold mm -hmm. came the 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 stepdad in the Santa Claus, if people yeah. don't know. He was also in um he was in that uh Loose Times and Yeah. Fast times over yeah, my high. Yeah. Um yeah, so he, he was, you know He was actually a cool dude. Yeah. I mean sure. well, 
and Burton Reynolds was nice too. Yeah. I mean, they so were great. and then at the Milledgeville Film Festival, uh, that one guy who was in like, um, I think he. He was a general in a bunch of movies. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these smaller festivals like you're mm-hmm. talking about, um, and smaller just being not Sundance. Yeah. Um, and basically you have like three tiers. You have like Sundance, Cannes, you have like the top tier festivals. Yeah, then you have the city festivals. Yeah, then you have the second tier, which for people that are listening are probably from Georgia or around the area, so that would be like Atlanta. Yeah. And if you get your film, like Brian Tan, our friend Brian Tan got his film in, that's a big, big deal. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta still gets like yeah. 10,000 or more submissions. Yeah. So, like, if you get in it's great. and they only screen, you know, 150, 200 movies yeah. or whatever, like, or 100 films, like, you get in and yeah. it's a big deal. Um, I mean, there's something about having a city's name yeah. attached to it is yeah. a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And then the next tier is, like, your more, like, localized regional film festivals yeah. where – um, you know, Riff would fall into that, like Sidewalk in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama would fall into that, the Macon Film Festival, the Milledgeville Film Festival. And then I feel like there's actually like a fourth tier, which is like the film festivals that like just started yeah. and they're like a year or two old and they're like still screening in like a ballroom somewhere and it's like pretty rough. Yeah. Um so I feel like for the most part, like, yeah, you should aim for those second ones if you have a connection with them. Yeah. Try to get in. But even those like like if you're just starting out, you're probably not going to get into them. Yeah. Those second tier film festivals usually can bring in an actual star. Um, they don't always, but sometimes they do. Or they'll do like a workshop or some kind of thing where they'll bring in somebody and like you know, hey, Dan Harmon's going to come and talk about at the yeah. Austin Film Festival. Yeah. And is going to talk about screenwriting. Yeah. South by Southwest has been getting yeah. really popular. Yeah, and that's why I'd kind of still put like South by Southwest in like the top tier. Yeah. Even though they're not Sundance or Cannes. Um, but, like, the Austin Film Festival is a good example. Like, they have a really good, like, r- screenwriting part of their yeah. film festival. Um, so, I mean, if you got into Austin Film Festival, like, that would be a That's big a, deal. Yeah, yeah. But it's not as big of a deal as getting into Sundance. Yeah. You know? Um, so, those are great. Um, then those, like, third-tier film festivals, a lot of times, like, Macon, Riff are good examples. They're always trying to, like, bring in, um, you know, a celebrity that w- like a recognizable celebrity that we all know, like Burt Reynolds is actually a pretty big celebrity. Yeah. Judge Reinhold's pretty big, but a lot of times they're like kind of like past their like prime. Yeah. Um, Burt Reynolds is like so iconic that like everybody knows who he is, even yeah. if he hasn't been in any movies in a long time. You know, he was relatively old. I mean, a, c- a couple years after he came, he d- he passed away. Yeah. So. Um, but he was going to be in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Was he? Yeah. Oh, that's he cool. was. He was. Uh, uh, he yeah he had read for his role and then like had rehearsed yeah I it. know that he was trying to get back into it yeah. is what Seth the current Rift director yeah. said when he had, like, yeah uh, to him. Quentin Tarantino is very proud because he's like my movie is the last movie he was in yeah and I was like well not really but because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what Quentin Tarantino likes he likes to get like kind of old aging stars yeah you know? yeah kind of like old Travolta mm-hmm. some of those people yeah kind of like the has bins and then yeah. make them bins again yeah um. So, like, Macon, I remember I went to their festival one time, and they had the mom from Donnie Darko. Oh, interesting. And then they showed Donnie Darko. So yeah. it's, like, that classic, like, cult classic movie. Yeah. And it packed out the theater because who doesn't want to watch Donnie Darko with somebody that was there? Kind of like what you're saying, going back to, like, doesn't matter who they are. A celebrity is a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. You know? I remember Riff one time we had the girl who played – um and to kill a mockingbird, she played the daughter. Okay. Yeah. And so she came. Oh, what is it? Is what's her? What is her name? And to kill a mockingbird it starts with an S. It's, it's like a bird. Oh man. Sparrow. 
No. Anyways, people are screaming at our <laughs> podcast right now. They're like, it's this. It's this. I can guarantee you they're not. <laughs> no one's watched that movie. <laughs> well, no, it's a book, too. I know. Well, it's a book you have to it's read. It's one of those movies it's and a books book that people to... are like, oh, yeah, I know. They haven't read it. Oh, you're supposed to read it in school. Homeschool, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so those of us who had public education probably read it. Uh, man, I cannot remember. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So she came. Um, uh, actually, the Willow. No. Uh, the on. I remember looking through old pictures of Riff. I wasn't. I didn't go to Riff that year. But the guy who um, was in Breaking Bad, who was um, like the chicken. Uh, oh wow! What's yeah. His name? Yeah. He. Uh, in the in the show, what's his name? It's like Carlos. It's not, oh my gosh. Everyone now, people are screaming. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that guy's a big deal. Yeah, so I don't think he hadn't been in Breaking Bad yet. It was just some random like independent movie that he was in, and he came and and like did the Q and A afterwards. Um, I feel like I started with a B. Uh, you just keep talking. Enough. Anyways, so um, I think one thing I feel like the big you know as far as cost goes, I think it'd be worth talking about that like. Gustavo. Gustavo. That had no B in it at all. <laughs> and definitely wasn't wasn't what you were going with yeah, either. No. Gustavo. Carlos or whatever you yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most iconic Gus. villains everybody of all called time. Him, everybody called him Gus. Gus, yeah. 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 Um, Gus is chicken. Yeah. Uh so um you know, the I think the one big thing with film festivals now is like what's the point? Yeah. Uh is it worth it? Obviously if you get into Sundance or can. Yeah, you should yeah, go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you get into those second tier movies, even then, or second tier festivals, like if you get into Atlanta, yeah, you know, like what's That's not guaranteed anything. Yeah, yeah, what's the point? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and I think initially people's thought is that the point is, well, it's gonna, I'm gonna get a bunch of people to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is probably like the biggest misperception. I wouldn't say a lie because yeah. film festivals don't lie about it, but they also don't honestly publicize it yeah well not that they would i mean they're not gonna be like come screen your movie four people will be able to watch it um but even in atlanta um you know at a lot of festivals even the bigger ones like unless you're at like the prime spot like you know seven nine o'clock at night on a saturday or friday um or you're you know you know that kind of ideal time to go see a movie, um, or in, if you have like some kind of celebrity or some kind of buzz, or you have like you know some kind of interest to your movie that really interests the people that are like patrons of that film festival. Like you're really not going to get a lot of eyeballs yeah. on your movie, and I think that's the biggest. After traveling around with our documentary, the biggest complaint that I heard from people, you know, like I kind of went as just like a movie fan yeah. to Sundance and Cannes. Then I ran a festival for three years, so I got to kind of see that side of it. Yeah. And then we actually had a movie that I traveled around to festivals with and talking to other film festival, fe- other filmmakers that were at the festival, like the biggest complaint I think I heard was nobody's watching my movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you spend $120 for a submissions fee and then you pay for $100 a night hotel and then you're paying for your gas or your plane ride. Yeah. And then you go to the theater and there's 20 people there, you know, and four of them are your team. Yeah. You're like, there's 16 people here. I could have just invited 16 people over to my house for free yeah. to watch this movie if that's all it took, you know, and you're not getting any money from the tickets that they sell or anything. So there's no monetary value 
no monetary gain for you. Plus, you really don't get a lot of eyeballs yeah. on your movie. Um, so that's really like if that's the reason that you want to make to go to film festivals, it's not really a good reason. Yeah. Um, and it would be better for you to just like submit to a few or like try to find somebody on the staff that you know you can get it in and then like try to convince as many people as possible to like locally come to that movie. Like, you know, if you're in Rome or you're in Atlanta, like try to do one of the local festivals and then convince all your friends and family to go see it in the theater on the big screen and have that like one time experience and then like move on because you're not going to be able to replicate that. Yeah. Um, uh, but there are benefits to film festivals at those levels that I think are still worth it um, if it's something that is something yeah. you want. Yeah, name value. Like, there's a reason why posters have, like, Sundance Select yeah. movie or, you know, uh, what does it mean when it's a select, you know, what does it mean when it actually says those things? Like, a. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, if you have the laurels, the leafs, they're called laurels, um, and it says, like, you know, you know, uh, official selection. Yeah, grand prize winner. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, official selection would be like you got into the festival. Yeah. You screened at it, um, and you get laurels, and, and they uh, all will give you laurels now, and if they don't give them to you, you can just make your own, and it's not like you're cheating. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like you got in. That's what that's saying, basically. It's a badge of saying, hey, this film festival liked my movie enough to actually screen it at their festival. And then if you're nominated for something – or you win something, then you can also then list that instead. Of, yeah. Instead of official selection, you can say best fe- nominated best feature or yeah. winner of best feature or you know best actor, or best screenplay or whatever. Yeah. And more and more festivals give out a lot of awards yeah. because they know that's what films really want. Yeah. And so I would say if you are going to submit for that reason, like on with uh, filmfreeway.com is the main way that everybody submits their films and you can see all the prizes before yeah. you pay the fee. Um, and that's what definitely what you want to do is like, look it up, see which ones are actually going to give out. If they have like 20 awards or more, that's the festival you want to submit. to. Yeah. And then you want to go because as a film festival director, and then as a filmmaker, I've seen firsthand that like the filmmakers who are at the festival yeah. and they're there the whole time. Those are the ones that win. Yeah. Uh, it is definitely not, a quality contest. No, it's a it's a it's, it's a, a political. It's a part. <laughs> it's a participation. Grade. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and so participate. Go to the parties. Yeah, talk to people. Become the popular person at the festival within the filmmakers and the film festival staff. Yeah, and I guarantee you, you will win an award. Yeah, that's crazy. This is like a John Oliver, like a patriarch Hassan Minaj like show where it's like you find out like the deeper, darker side of <laughs> yeah. things. Like, oh, yeah, really- yeah. So if that's what you care about, if you just want to see it on the big screen, which I totally get, I wanted to watch it on a big screen, and you don't have the ability to just pay to have it on a big yeah. screen yourself. Um, a, think about how much it's actually going to cost you to go to these festivals yeah. and submit to them because you might actually be more ahead by just renting out a theater and inviting everybody yeah. and doing your own premiere. Or just posting it online. And chart. Well, no, I'm saying if you want to see it on the big screen, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. you can't post it online. Right, right. Um, I don't know. There's some big... <laughs> I thought the same thing. There's some big computer screens. <laughs> <laughs> talking about a bigger screen. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you could totally do that. Yeah. You know, there's local theaters or, yeah. or you know, um, independent theaters or like city, like like historical theaters like the DeSoto in town yeah. doesn't show movies, but you could, we screened our movie there um, before, like without a festival, we just put on our own little kind of mini premiere. Um, so you can do that. 
and like probably you're looking at spending about three to five thousand dollars. But like I said, I spent three thousand dollars just submitting yeah. to festivals, and you will feel like a lot better because yeah. like people you'll get yeah. people will come. Yeah. And if you want to, you can charge people for it, yeah. or you can sell concessions and make some of the money back. Yeah. So I mean, it's not and like and I'd say if you are going to go that way, like do the cheaper concessions. Find the way to where it's still a fun experience, but you don't go overboard. Yeah. Because we ended up like losing money on the concessions because we bought so many random concessions. Yeah. That then we didn't sell yeah. enough of them to pay for yeah. it all. Keep it simple. Where if we just done like Coke, Diet Coke, and popcorn. water and popcorn, yeah. we would have made money because that's okay, what everyone bought. Everybody now has to either buy Diet Coke or Coke yeah. or get water and popcorn. They don't have like all these candy. Like we had so much candy left we over had so that much we candy. ate. For like two years in the insane. office. insane. Yeah. And so I think we just threw it all away. We don't even think we ever ate it all. Um, Is that why all the river rats are so bad? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <They just went. laughs> um, so if, if that's your goal, yeah. either do it that way or try to get into one screening and then just go big on it. Yeah. Don't submit to a bunch of them. If your goal is to get prizes and like notoriety, you know, and kind of like, hey, look at us. We won all these awards. Then I would submit to as many festivals I would submit to the festival that have the most awards. Yeah. And then I also would not submit, I would submit more to festivals that are brand new. Yeah. Than the ones that have been around for a while. I found an enormous success in films that were festivals that were like two or three years old because you're not competing with as yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know you're like, well, geez, that seems kind of lame. Well, if the goal is to That's get life. laurels on the poster, life. people yeah. and people don't care between Riff that's been around for 15 years and the Milledgeville Film Festival that's been around in four years. Yeah. Because all of them are tier three festivals. Yep. Like, they're not Atlanta, and they're definitely not Sundance, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, they're never going to even look it up. Yeah. You know, they're not going to spend their time checking all your laurels. Yeah. Um, and I also, th- in our festival, I discovered that, like, uh, or with our film, I discovered that, um, you know, ours was, like, outdoor and Christian were like the two kind of genres that I think yeah. ours kind of falls into, like sports, outdoor, sports stuff, and Christian. We had the worst luck or worst success, acceptance rate, in those two genres. Yeah. We actually had more success outside of those genres. And I think a lot of that, once again, comes down to competition. Yeah. Um, it's a lot easier to be a big fish in a small pond. And so if you're going, like if I submitted to like probably like 10 to 15 outdoor film festivals, we didn't get into any of them. Yeah. None of them. Zero. Well, and the problem is, as we learned from the trail, because we had kind of our toes in two waters there, because a lot of outdoor people are very, very secular. Like, that's kind of, like, on the trail, that's what we kind of ran into. And then Christian, our movie was not. Christian enough. Christian enough. But I also, I really don't think, though, that that, I do think that's part of it, but I don't think that is actually the main reason. Yeah, it's just I think Yeah, I think the main reason we're competing against Red Bull. Yeah. And we're competing against Gro- REI Pro and REI yeah. and Patagonia. Yeah. And like those things are shot off of helicopters with red cameras. Yeah. And ours was shot off of a 5D in a Ford Explorer that was about ready to die. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just like you can't compete with that kind of stuff. And when it's the bigger, when it's that niche group, then it's like you have to be the best of the best in that niche. Yeah. And we weren't the best of the best in outdoor films. Yeah. Um, so, and it's like, I run it even win. Yeah, exactly. You know, if he had broken the comp, you know, yeah, the speed maybe, record, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, or it wasn't crazy and weird enough, like yeah. that Berkeley marathons got into a ton of stuff. Yeah, but it was this, and it was shot about the same like ours and everything. But it was this weird, crazy story, and it's just like that kind of stuff. Outdoors people really get into ours. Just like wasn't enough of what we were in. You know, it wasn't yeah. enough 
outdoorsy. Yeah. It wasn't high enough quality. It wasn't crazy enough story. It wasn't a crazy enough endeavor. He didn't succeed, like you're saying. So it's like, and then the Christian side, same thing. We, I went to the uh, International Christian Film Festival that like, in Orlando. Yeah, in, down in Orlando. And it's like kind of like the Christian film festival. Like other filmmakers that are Christians have been like, oh, you got your film in that? Oh, that's my dream one day is to get like our film uh, film into that film festival. Um, and they're trying to kind of like make a little market down there of like buying and selling films a little bit and stuff. And I mean, after going to like Cannes and Sundance, yeah. it's really pathetic to be honest. But <laughs> but, they, but they're trying. So like a good local for them. market as compared <laughs> to like the Atlanta market. Oh, uh, I know. I mean, it's like a guy selling T-shirts in the hallway. <laughs> is what it feels like compared to that. Uh, but uh, but they um, they our documentary got in and um, we got nominated there. There was like six other films that were nominated, feature length documentaries, um, and our I think ours. I think they even broke it down like inspiring yeah. and this and that. Anyways, we were like in that category of documentary films that were feature. And I was like, okay, we should stand a pretty decent chance of this. Like it's a well-made story, you know? And, um, and that was actually the one when I was on last week where like people kept leaving. I showed up, I flew down there. By the time I flew in, checked in, like the movie had already started. So I like snuck in the back. And as I, as I'm sitting in the back and nobody knows that I'm back there, I like people are like leaving, uh, the, the theater um and it's just like this little ballroom it's yeah. not even like a theater theater but anyways we lost to a film about a group of pastors in texas who they felt like their uh freedom of a religion was being like taken away from them and so they made a documentary about how these pastors banded together and fought the government to get their like freedom of religion back now i didn't see the movie but i can only guess what it's like and uh, the fact that we lost to that, I was like, well, our movie is not yeah. a conservative. Yeah, yeah. God's not dead type story. Yeah. And that's actually where like God's not dead was actually there. And they yeah. showed like God's not dead three or something like that. And, and like Zorbo was there and, you know, all these other people, you know. So it was definitely like that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, ours isn't like that at all. It yeah. actually talks about like, you know, <laughs> it has a guy drink on camera. You know, it has a, you know, it's about a guy that... F- it's about failure and having faith through failure and how God doesn't just answer all your prayers. Yeah. You know, it doesn't fix your life miraculously by you pray and all of a sudden everything's better, you know? And so anyways, I was like, well, it makes sense. But then we got best feature in the Milledgeville film festival. We got into the actual Orlando film festival, not the Christian film festival in Orlando. We got into the main film festival. We got into the Virginia film festival. So it's like, we did get into some of these bigger ones um, because to them, they didn't have a bunch of Red Bull yeah. Patagonia movies, yeah. and they didn't have a bunch of. They don't want those kind of Christian movies, yeah. anyways. And the fact that our movie wasn't that kind of Christian movie, and was more of a hey, this is a mass appeal kind yeah. of Christian movie, then it was like, well, hey, we don't mind putting this movie in here that has like a Christian element to it, yeah, and this outdoors element, and yeah, this is a good story, and yeah, we'll put this in here because we don't have anything else like this, yeah, and maybe they'll play it at one o'clock on a Friday when maybe not as many people are going to come, but. They got the slot. It's a good slot. They'll fill it. Um, so I'd say that's the other part. Like if you're just trying to get into film festivals, like you got to think about like where are your best odds yeah. more so than like what film festivals do I really want to get into? Yeah. Um, because you can waste a lot of money submitting to long shots that you're never going to get. Yeah. Um, and it's like, why waste all your money doing yeah. that? Yeah. And it's, you know, we hear stories like, 
bottle rocket, Wes Anderson's bottle rocket. You know, like that's how they own Wilson, Luke yeah. Wilson. That's how all of them got to become yeah. movie stars because they went to Sundance. Yeah. Someone bought it and wanted yeah. to remake it and have yeah. them as a star. So, or um, Whiplash. Did that play? When did that play? Yeah, was it, was, it was at Sundance. A sun, it was sun, a short at yeah, Sundance. Yeah, it, it was short and someone bought it and now, you know. So we hear those stories and we think, oh, that's what Sundance is. It's like, in the reality, that's a super, yeah. super slim shot. Yeah, yeah, and if you get into Sundance, like, yeah, that, that definitely is what can happen at Sundance, but it's not what happens at Riff. Right. And it's not what happens at the Atlanta Film Festival yeah. or any of the film festivals that I went to with our movie. Um, and I think that's another big per- misperception is that people feel like, well, if I get into film festival, it'll help me sell the movie, and I don't think that's true either. Um, so it's almost like if your goal is to just see it on the big screen, I gave you advice for that. If your goal is to get a lot of awards, there's your advice for that. If your goal is to like actually like build your career and get people to see it and get exposure for the film and for your career, I think that's the part where, and I had a lot of conversations with my other filmmakers that were at the festivals with me. Um, I think like back when I went to Sundance, like online video didn't really exist yeah. like it does now. Yeah, like Vimeo wasn't out. YouTube was like barely a thing. YouTube came out in 2005. So that's, yeah. it's, yeah, was so it was not like six and, months old. Yeah, exactly. It was a baby. Very much. Um, so. Nobody knew that. I mean, at that point, it was still just on the early stages. Everyone was on E Bomb's world. Yeah, E Bomb's <laughs> world. Oh my gosh. I haven't thought about that in forever. Um, horrible quality. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to see good quality, you had to go to film festivals. Yeah. Well, now you don't. Yeah. And so it would be enormously better for your movie to be a Vimeo staff pick yeah, than absolutely. it would be to win the Atlanta Film Festival yeah. and get publicity in the AJC. Yeah. Because Vimeo is everywhere. Yeah. The AJC is just in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that's something, like me and Brian Tan that you talked about earlier talked about that, where his short got into the Atlanta Film Festival, and I was like, so did anything good? Like, we didn't get into Atlanta. Yeah. He did, so I was asking him, like, well, did anything good come out of that? Like, what, did you get some good connections or conversations or yeah. relationships or anything to help your career yeah. for the next film, the Recognition next Recognition of any yeah, anything, yeah. right? Just, what did you get out of it? And he basically was like, nothing. Ugh. A free yeah. pass. Yeah. A free pass to the Atlanta Film Festival. Yeah. That's what he got. Well, I mean, a pass is only like a couple hundred bucks. It's not worth making a whole movie just to get a free pass to the yeah. Atlanta Film Festival. Yeah, he spent months just building like, yeah. the set and stuff. Um, so... We, me and Brian were talking about the fact that I was like, I really think at this point, like, you're better off just putting your movie online. online. Yeah. If you're going to, like, if you really want to get, especially if you're doing a short. Like, yeah. I feel like if you're doing a short, like, put it online and, like, more people are going to see it. Yeah. If you put it on, if you post it and then link it on Facebook or put a version of it on Facebook, put a version of it on YouTube, put a version of Vimeo, you know, and then you blast it out, you're going to probably get, like, 200 people to watch yeah. it uh, just naturally and just in your sphere of influence and you know community yeah. and that's going to be more people that will ever watch your movie at all the film festivals yep. you could go to um easier to share easier to yeah, say easier something. to share watch that's this what, video instead of you should go to this film festival yeah will you spend yeah. yeah your whole day going to a random theater yeah. and sitting there and waiting and watching all these other random shorts just so you can watch mine and spend 15 bucks doing it yep no right um where, hey, you want to watch this video? And you can do it anywhere. You can even do it on the toilet. I don't care. Just yeah. watch my 10-minute short. Yeah. You know, people are going to do that. You know, uh, we're always looking for an excuse to watch a 10-minute anything, you know, just to to not work, to not procrastinate on dinner or going to bed or whatever. So um, I really think, like, that's actually a better 
avenue. The fourth reason, which is the only reason I would actually still submit to festivals, because I don't really think, like, we have a ton of laurels on our poster. I don't think anybody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares about film festival laurels unless it's Sundance or one of these big ones. Seeing it on a big screen was cool, but it's not worth the money. Mm. I'd rather go make another movie. Um, uh, as far as getting exposure and all that stuff, like I said, online's already better anyways, and it's way easier. Um, the only reason I feel like it's still worth going to a film festival and being a filmmaker specifically is the relationships you can build with the other filmmakers. Yeah. Um, and there is an element to where the other people who want to be doing filmmaking but don't aren't filmmakers there. Uh, they might be filmmakers, but they're not like officially filmmakers attached to a movie that's in the festival. Um, then you're like the cool kid. Yeah. Like if you have a film in the festival, you're basically like the guy wearing the football letterman quarterback jersey walking around school on the night of or on the day of a football game. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to know about your film. They think you're cool. Oh, you're a filmmaker. You're a filmmaker. You know. And so it really helps you in building those relationships, those connections, and kind of like sort of separates you from just the average person who just goes. Yeah. Um, and I have been the average person who goes to the Atlanta Film Festival, and nobody. Yeah. Cares. Yeah. Uh, about me at all while I'm there, you know, where <laughs> then I've been the person at a festival with the winning documentary at the festival and everybody wants to talk to you yeah. because you're the guy that won, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that is worth it. And I've made like good friendships and relationships from film festivals. Um, and it's at that point, then it's like find the festivals that are like nearby where you live, where you can actually meet people that you can actually really work with. Yeah. Like no point in me meeting people in Washington State when I don't live in Washington, and it's yeah. way too far away for me to go and work on free, on a free project with somebody in, in Washington. But like I've made a music video with somebody I met at the Milledgeville Film Festival. Um, Justin, who's working with Christopher Nolan now, it's like he, I met him at Riff. You know, it's like even seeing like filmmakers like Brian and people yeah. like that that I know. Travis Sawyer one time was out. You know, it's like I've seen people that I know outside of the festival that I've met. And then I go to the film festival. I'm like, oh, you guys are here. Oh, I saw your project or whatever. So it's like, you know, Molly Coffee, like all these like connections that you can make and you kind of start seeing the same people over and over again. And most likely the ones that are going to those things are the ones that are like really passionate about it. Yeah, I I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about like getting into like sports writing and stuff like that. And the biggest advice was like, go to everything. Like go to the after you know game press conferences go yeah. and just just be the face that like people see and they go oh yeah you're familiar you're yeah. part of this community yeah and so I, I imagine film yeah. festivals are very much yeah the same way. and and I think with that it's like just going and having a pad makes it look like you're a writer yeah but at the festivals it's like yeah you can you can eventually just go without a film but like when you're first kind of breaking into that community go with a little eyepiece like. yeah <laughs> when you first are breaking into that community you need to have a film yeah. in the festival yeah. because otherwise they're not going to take you seriously yeah. there's a lot of people who are talkers and want to be filmmakers yeah. who never actually get around to doing it yeah. and the people who have actually done it the hard work don't take those people seriously yeah. it's almost like if the person in the gym who just walked around and never picked up weights and it's like dude i'm not going to take you seriously stolen valor yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> um so I and, and for those, like I said, I'd find ones locally. Yeah. I'd find ones that like every festival that isn't Sundance or the huge ones kind of have like sort of like a niche that they sort of draw in those kinds of movies. Not always, but like they sort of 
sort of lean some direction more than the others. So I'd find like one that like sort of fits the type of movies you want to make. Yeah. Or at least close to it, you know? And then um, I'd also find ones then that have a lot of parties. Yeah. Um, and I used to, when I ran the festival here in Rome, like I could care less about the parties. As a filmmaker going to the festivals Big and deal. the parties are everything. Yeah. Because like, yeah, it's great to see the films, but you don't really even talk to people. Yeah. Like if I love a movie and the director is there, I'm not going to talk to him after the movie for an hour or two right. hours it's because the, mo- the next, op- yeah, the someone, next movie's playing. Exactly. Someone's like, hey, great movie. Like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. No. Yeah. But if they're at the party yeah. and it's a cool party and nobody wants to leave, I could talk to that filmmaker for two, three hours. Yeah. We become friends on Facebook. I see him at another festival. We talk more. Next thing you know, it's like all of a sudden they're now like a mutual friend, not, you know, best buds, but yeah. like they're somebody who would answer me if I messaged them yeah. or was in town and said, hey, let's meet up for lunch. And like, that's really what you're trying to yeah. achieve yeah. in breaking into a community. So it's like having good parties. I love workshops. I'm a workshop whore when it comes to the workshops. Mm, I'm sure there's a different phrase for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, think a, I think it's a great phrase. Uh, but uh, A workshop junkie. Uh, that's, that's, that's just as bad. They're all bad. A workshop enthusiast. There you go. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm a sucker for a workshop. Enthusiast. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, it's my guilty pleasure. Okay. That works. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so, um, I'll whore myself out for a workshop any day, but, uh, the, uh, I'd say those are cool and you can learn stuff. And yeah. I think like that, it's like, you do get a chance sometimes to talk to the person who is like leading the workshop. Yeah. And that is like probably better than almost what they're saying, but they also travel around and talk to people all the time. So it's like, that's good. I enjoy it, but it's not for everybody. If you're not into workshops, don't go for to right. a festival just for a workshop. Um, I'd say, like I said, the biggest thing is meeting other filmmakers. You can't make a movie by yourself, unfortunately. It'd be so much easier if you could. It requires a big group of people. And one way to meet a big group of people who like making movies is to go to film festivals with a film and meet other people who also did the hard work of making a film. And then together, you could then potentially make future films. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Uh, and it's, it can be fun too. Like once you actually like by the first few festivals we went to, it was super awkward. Uh, but then I started seeing those same people that I had awkward conversations with. And then like the next time I was like, Oh, Hey, I know you and all these other people. I'm going to have to start from square one where it's super awkward. And me and you we're kind of past that point. So yeah. why don't we talk? And yeah, then exactly. I, and then when I'd see him at the third time yeah. and I'd see him the fourth time. And then by the like third or fourth time, I'm like, Oh, at this point, like I actually can, just hang out. Just hang out yeah. with you, and it's fun. And we can be like, hey, this one's way better than that other festival. Or, man, our, this party sucks compared to the this festival. So, yeah. you know, you have this, like, mutual shared experience. Um, so that's kind of my overview of, of festivals and kind of, a, you know, at, at this point, I think big picture is, like, are festivals really necessary nowadays? And because it's so easy to a certain degree to get a projector and yeah. an empty room, and throw out movies. There's so many festivals now. And especially now that you can submit online, it's like that whole process for film festivals is so much easier. There's like, there's like feels like a hundred times the amount of festivals that there were when I was in college. So you really have to like, be like, you really got to judge whether it's worth it or not, because it can be a very slippery slope into just driving all over the country 
going to festivals when you're like you have no idea why you're even doing it yeah yeah i just was thinking like one of the my favorite like showing my movie off moments was when i made alone and it was just like in evan eric's basement and just like a handful of friends yeah you know it's just an experience like that so really yeah if you're looking for like a fun experience Maybe get them projector in. Yeah, and you have to figure out what's fun for you. I know we're kind of running late already. But one thing that's always been fascinating, which is why when we talked about this maybe being something we could talk about on the podcast, um, I've always, I mean, since college, I've been going to film festivals, like I said. I mean, I've traveled across the, the ocean to go to them um, and I've gone to a bunch of them locally. Uh, you, on the other hand, like, appear as though you hate going to film festivals yeah yeah, yeah the uh, the more so, you talk about it it's just kind of like a realization it's like oof, man that's yeah so i'd be curious hard. to and i think it's worth sharing your perspective on it because you helped me with riff at different times like you would screen the movies you would run the movies yeah i mean riff screened here in the studio last year we were one of their venues um, our film was in film festivals that you could drive to, and sometimes you'd go to them, sometimes you wouldn't. Uh, more often than not, you wouldn't. Yeah. Which didn't bother me one bit or the other because, I mean, it is expensive to go to them. But I think even if you had Ryan's that, crying right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, but I think even if I was like, I'll pay for it, you'd yeah. be like, eh, save your money. Yeah. Um, so hearing all that, tell people what you how you feel about film festivals and as a filmmaker, yeah. how you feel like it plays into your filmmaker career. Yeah, it's definitely, I'm at the age, I am, like, the internet age. Like, that's, yeah. when I started making movies, all my stuff would go online. Yeah. And so, um, whether that's YouTube, Vimeo, Vimeo was a lot of, like, short, I did one about, you know, talking about love and what love is all about, and at the end of it, it's just me in love with a cup of tea. Like, yeah. that's that's the idea. And so, um, and that was really fun, just getting people's reaction, watching and stuff like that. Yeah, for me, I am, it is purely about, like, making the thing. And then I don't want to do, like, I'm not good with the, I can be socially out there. And I can, I almost like, uh, we were talking about mind hunters. Yeah. And that's one of the things, one of the characters, he's really good getting people going, laughing, and then he'll kind of escape outside yeah just that's me like any interaction (laughs) with with strangers so yeah i i it's i mean you definitely like people enjoying what you make though i do i love you so it's not just that you enjoy making it because you also like i mean like we were talking last week about the fact that like not as many people have bought the book and that's been depressing because you enjoy the response you get from people liking your work so do you think it's just the fact that it is just like a big giant networking event, yeah basically yeah. yeah i've never like it's networking. just like the social anxiety almost of being like oh i gotta stand around a bunch of people that i don't yeah. know and make awkward conversations yeah i mean selling myself you yeah. know like i want to sell my work you know by showing it out there yeah. i want to get my stuff out there and if people accept it then that's the best feeling of the world if they reject it, it's the worst feeling in the yeah world. um but I you mean, don't want to have to go make conversation at a party yeah exactly i don't i don't want someone to kind of ask me yeah stuff you know i that's not interesting to me yeah. so yeah now, i yeah the more you're talking about it, it's like the more it's like ooh, yeah maybe that's not the most fun i know ali would really enjoy the party aspect like yeah. millersville she loved dressing up she loved yeah. going and that was fun going and that there. one was did you enjoy that one i enjoyed Other it than the fact um, you had to drive all the way down there and back yeah it definitely was hard when you guys weren't there yet uh, yeah. it was just ali and i that yeah. was like 
I want I would have just disappeared. Yeah. So if I don't know anyone, that's yeah. the worst feeling in the yeah. world. Um <laughs> everything's the worst feeling in the world. Um but no, it's just it's just oh, what do we do? Yeah. This we're just standing here and yeah. then friends are around, right. we can have fun yeah. and kinda get everyone going and now was, like last year one of the riff parties, like Brian Tan was here with his film. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and I went and saw Yeah, you went and saw his yeah. movie. But then like you didn't come out for the party. No. No, I, I, I legitimately, and that's another example. Even though you had friends that were there. Yeah. That's another example. If he had posted that online, I would have just watched it online. Like, yeah. I will watch whatever people make. Yeah. Like, I love seeing the creative side of things. Um, yeah, I, I think I just want to, like, observe and create without yeah. being seen. Yeah. Like, I think that's why I like writing so much is the fact that I can just write, get out there. People don't really see me look at yeah. me physically. To so the so. degree that they think you're a dead. Yeah, they think I'm a poet. dead old author. No one, I, I, it's the double-edged sword of things because you do kind of need to be yeah the someone. publicity part. Yeah, you thing. do. I mean, C.S. Lewis is C.S. He is right. more popular than his writing. I would right. say. Oh yeah. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, he's kind of up there with Lord of Rings, but yeah. you still know. J.R. Tolkien, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that's would be always a hard well, and thing. Like you were talking about The Rock. We were talking about The Rock earlier. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like the reason that like Sundance and, and you know, Can and that kind of stuff bring in these big celebrities yeah. is because they are a brand in and of themselves yeah. that people get excited when they see them on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah, The Rock is the highest paid actor in Hollywood because he has 100 million, you know, over 100 million social media. And yeah. Maybe 50% of that's not true. That's still 50 million people. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He is still, no matter what, if you take out like 80%, he still has millions of followers. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If his diehard fans are still only 5% of that, <laughs> it's still 5 million people that are going to go to anything that he does. And that's going to be money. So, yeah, I, it, it's hard, man. I Just listening to you describe all that, like, really is like a nightmare. <laughs> I think that's where, like, it's good to have, like, teamwork yeah you know like if i were to make a movie i probably wouldn't want to make it on my own you know i'd probably have you in there because there's strengths that you have that i yeah. don't have where like you would be the social you would know the logistical side yeah. of things you would know there's just you have so much experience on that that you could kind of take the reins and almost be okay with like you taking most of the yeah. praise you know because it's like I my ideal dream scenario is to make like Catcher in the Rye where it's this huge book and then I just disappear like JD <laughs> Salinger like he just like no one ever saw him again. <laughs> I was like that's my dream. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know why that is. I mean, I used to do stand up comedy and I yeah. used to love being yeah, true. the center of attention, but now it's, it's like a nightmare to me. Maybe it's just like the idea of rejection at all. Yeah, or maybe it's something you never really liked and it was just something you did to like survive. Or it was like overcoming your fears or proving to yourself you could do it or, yeah. you know, or something, you know, yeah. and as you've gotten older, you realize, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. You know? I mean, that was one thing I, I really learned was my my humor. It was always a keeping people's arms length. I yeah. can make someone laugh and walk away and they have the best version of me. Is, that's not true, Todd. Well, I mean, your humor. That's is what great. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But to yeah. their mind, they yeah, go, yeah. oh, that guy is fun. That guy right. is hilarious. Yeah. They're not looking at the moments where I'm at home and I don't talk. I'm on my, you know, yeah. I'm just listening to podcast. You know, I am the most boring person <laughs> in the world. And my wife can attest to this. Like, she'll she'll probably deny it and say, "No, you Todd, you're a lot of fun." Which I love you, Allie. 
but you know that I can be <laughs> so boring. <laughs> and that's, you know, just yeah. the well, I mean, uh, facade of not having to do anything for anyone. Right. And yeah. whereas, like, a film festival, that sounds like a lot of work. And it is. Yeah. Like, that's the whole point of it is yeah. it's work. And at the end of the day, if we were getting paid millions and millions of dollars, sure, I'd go to all right. film festival. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? I think it is it is the sacrifice to make of, like, oh, you're spending money to go get tortured. Yeah. I think that's a hard one yeah. to follow. So. Yeah. I, it's almost like when we made the film, like, I kind of – I felt like I paid my dues by being on that trail. You yeah. know, like, filming that. So, to do the other half of things. and. Yeah. I think what you get out of it, walking the red carpets, getting the recognitions and stuff, that kind of maybe helps you with all the other aspects of things. Even like talking with filmmakers afterwards, they can kind of be like, wow, this is, yeah, you did this. For sure. There is a, a camaraderie yeah. in that. I don't feel that necessarily. Yeah. Then again, I've never actually taken a film that I directed. Yeah. You know, I've never done anything. I haven't really made anything, you know, since. The old days, so right? I yeah. might have a different outlook on it. Yeah, and I mean, maybe not though. I mean, it just depends on like what, and that would be an element too. Like you're saying, yeah, like what, which almost goes to like a big, big picture of like why are you making it to begin with? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and everybody has their own reason for that. Um, and for me, you know, there is definitely like I was saying even last week. You know, there is an element to where, and I think going around to the film festivals with running at full speed actually helped me kind of realize this when I would be disappointed when I wouldn't get it. Yeah. You know, like for me, like the recognition of what I did is actually a big part of why I do it. Yeah. Um, you know, like with, um, my original, we talked about our origin stories, right. Mm -hmm. At one point. So, I mean, with like even finding fats, my movie I made in high school, like it, like screening it in the school and everybody being excited about it and loving it. And then talking to me afterwards in the little like lemonade and cookies, like reception that they had after the talent show, like that made all of it worth it. Yeah. Um, and so to me, like that kind of is the payment, like you're saying, like filmmakers coming up and be like, how did you guys film that thing? You know, and being impressed by what we did is a big part of why I do what I do. Yeah. You know, I enjoy the process of making stuff and I would do it just for that. But sometimes the process is miserable. And then later people appreciating the fact that you did it, anyways is what makes it feel good yeah yeah there's the first time i ever did stand up i had a standing ovation hundreds and hundreds of people you know yeah and that was yeah it really is it's you're hooked yeah at that point and you just want to keep doing it and the moment that you don't get laughs or those jokes don't land and stuff like that it's it really does overcome come that first reaction so yeah. uh, it's, it's hard so like yeah i mean when we made our movies whether it's to a small audience whether it's online that one comment i love this yeah this was amazing this is my favorite thing i have people on on this book you know it's currently who have read like someone we just released the kindle version yesterday and the guy already read the whole thing wow and left a review on amazon saying that like he was like i've been waiting years for this book this is my favorite author and the saddest part is that it ends. Yeah. You know? That's nice. That's it's very comment. nice. Yeah. And yeah. I've had a lot of people, you know, on Instagram posting yeah. quotes and stuff. And then I post some of my stories and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm freaking out because my favorite author posted. Yeah. I am a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is like yeah. meeting the Ian McKellen or those yeah. guys. They're, they're normal people. 
But a celebrity, you know, yeah. someone that you have seen and enjoyed something, there's something really intoxicating when they recognize you for something. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's what yeah. we kind of So, have. yeah, so, if you know, if that is important for you, um, then film festivals might be a way to go. Yeah. I will say, though, that um, from my experience, uh, you really have to lower your expectations, yeah. though, on that because it is not – screening it to your entire high school and everybody loving it you know once again if only 20 people are in this theater watching it then only one person might come up and say something nice about it afterwards you know so that was definitely that is a big part about why i went to all these festivals is because i wanted to watch it with the audience and hear how they liked it and a lot of people just get up and leave after it's over you know and they don't mention it at the party. i mean we won the award at the millageville film festival and there was like six people other than us watching the movie yeah um, and there was, and then like all like Ross, you, Stephanie, basically the whole crew and the editors and their spouses yeah. like came down. That was gut wrenching. Yeah. They all came yeah. down. We all came down and like, we were like half of the audience yeah. watching poor, the movie. <laughs> poor Jeff was like, does everyone know? You know, he was like trying to get people. Yeah. He was, like, and it's just people like, people know the, where it's at. And it's just like, this is it. And it's like, we had just won the award yeah. for best feature of the yeah. entire festival. And that was how many people came. So I would say like, that's one big part of it like unless you get to that bigger level like even at atlanta like brian got into the short block i mean, i don't know if a ton of people i mean some people probably came up afterwards but yeah. not not he probably had a better reaction at riff really honestly yeah or like, he probably pe- had a better reaction just showing it to his friends like what yeah. you're talking about yeah. you know where all 18 of them might sit around and talk about his movie for an hour yeah where even in atlanta even if there are people who want to talk to him like he's, you were saying earlier like they they're like, hey, the next screening is starting in 10 minutes. Get out of yeah. the theater. And then everybody moves on to go see the next thing. And you're just one movie out of all the movies they've seen. So they, you know, you become forgettable. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I, it is hard because we grow up with this expectation of if you work really hard, it will pay off. And the reality of filmmaking, you work really hard and it won't pay off yet. Yeah. You and- got to work real hard on the next one, it will do a little better. Yeah, got to work real hard in there. You know, that's well, the thing I, with us is Project H2O, I mean, running at full speed did way better than Project yeah. H2O because Project H2O didn't get made. So yeah. we are need to be constantly working. Yeah, well, and I guess the big thing, I mean, for sure, that's always, that's definitely true. I'd say the other big thing, though, the big kind of takeaway is, uh, is from this is like, you know, um, don't see film festivals as yep. like the holy grail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so many people that I know are constantly like, well, hey, are we going to put this in a film festival? Or, hey, are you going to put that in a film festival? And it's like film festivals aren't the holy grail of distributing your film. Yeah. If anything, like they're kind of the ugly stepchild of distributing your film. Like the internet is the best way to distribute your film. Yeah. Um, screening it and paying for the screening and inviting all your family and friends in to see it where that's all they're doing that one night. Yeah, and that the all the week that's the only film they're watching. It's not a big film festival where they're gonna watch five movies and yours is just one of them. Yeah, you know, like all they're there to do is watch your movie, talk about your movie, experience your yeah. movie. That's it. You know that some of that stuff would be better. Even local theaters, local theater chains will screen your movie like earlier in the day when they're not playing other stuff. Like you can rent out the theater for birthday parties. Well, you can rent it out to show your movie if you yeah. want to, um, and you could do it on a, you know a Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning and yeah. invite all your family if you really wanted to. If you just want to see it in a theater, 
that would be a better experience than watching it in some hotel's ballroom. Yeah. Um, on some, you know, ten by fifteen, you know, little stand up yeah. screen with projectors, you know. Yeah, there's two movies uh that were YouTube. So one was uh the one where it's the zombie dad and he is like he got bit. Yeah. You know, yep. and so that's that a great one. It's a great one. Uh, and it got made into a movie with uh, Martin Freeman. Oh, and Netflix okay. bought it and they made it. Uh, I don't think it did very well. I've but I never even heard of it after exactly. the short. So. Yeah. It was a Netflix movie. Um, but uh, hey, I mean, that's a big yeah. deal. Like, yeah. you made it and you yeah. went out there. There's that one on Vimeo where it's like they're like the space, you know, um, they're like above the clouds and they're like hunting. Oh, yeah, it's like a Moby yeah. Dick, but like yeah. in space. Well, Neil Blomkin, the guy who did, uh, you know, District 9 and all that stuff, his production team just yeah. hired that guy to make a movie. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, you you get it out there, especially if it's viral. Yeah. I mean, both those things like went real big yeah. and got shared around. Right there, that's what companies want to see. They want to see numbers. They yeah. want to see attention rating. And all yeah. those sites have those analytics that you yeah. can see. So. And, yeah, they're, just, and they're watching that stuff. They're watching They're not it. coming to Riff. Exactly. They're not even coming to Atlanta. Nope. Because um, you're making it accessible for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And they can watch 10 seconds. They can skip yeah. through or it. Or their intern can watch yeah. it and then say, hey, watch this, and it just goes up the chain. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think I, – I don't think, though, that, like, film festivals aren't worth your time. Yeah. Um, as a former festival director and as a filmmaker who went to them, like, after going to, like, 20 film festivals last year, like, I would still go to yeah. festivals – um, but I would be very selective of which ones I'd go to, and I just wouldn't see it as this like, oh, if I get it into enough film festivals, it will mean that my career will be more successful right. because of it. And like that's just not true. No. Um, and it it may it used to be true, yeah. probably like twenty years ago, in the nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, that was yeah. the case. But like now with the internet and everything, like it's just all changed. Yeah, everything is evolving always. So yeah, it used to be harder to make movies. Now everything's digital yeah. and we yeah. can make movies and yeah, yeah. So it's it's a blessing and a curse. It's weird. Like there is something romantic about saying that it was your film wasn't a film festival instead of you got picked up on Vimeo. You yeah. know, it's just no yeah. matter what, just because it's fresh and new. Yeah. Um, but if you can use kind of the internet to your advantage, definitely use that. If you want to experience that, we just laid out the groundwork and said, this is what it is. Go at your own peril. Um, it's a, a lottery chance. You know, you could get into something. Something big could happen. Um, but no yeah. matter what, like, I think as disappointing maybe some of the outcomes go, that Milledgeville Award is awesome to have. Yeah, you know we forever have that. Like yeah. there is, there is something really. Yeah, really we have satisfying. that experience of yeah. all of us going and winning an award and getting to be on a red carpet, take yep. a picture together. So I, I really just think like you have to keep in mind like what it is. Yeah. I think like expectations and knowing what you're getting in, really knowing what you're paying for. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Like film festivals are expensive. Yeah. So like don't go spend a bunch of money and not know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully this like has kind of helped people understand better. And if you're somebody like. Todd and you don't really like that w version of like sharing what yeah. you make, then like, don't do it. Yeah. Do, do, do it online, online stuff. Do it online. Yeah. Uh, Todd's obviously had great success doing stuff online. If you really love like the in-person thing and building relationships with other filmmakers that you wouldn't meet otherwise, then totally do it. Go to festivals, do yeah. that. Um, and, and there's always the possibility that you make four or five shorts and the fifth one, 
gets into a ton of film festivals. That's what's happened to our friend Justin, and he did get into Tribeca, and he got into like a, just a ton of festivals all over the country. He's flown out to most of them, gone to them, won awards. It definitely is helping his career. Yeah. And at this point, this is like I think his fourth short, and so like he did the first three, like all came to Riff, all got into Riff, um, and he would go to them and he would do the local thing. So there is an element to where like if you do the festival grind thing for a while you can potentially get like a really good one. Yeah. And it definitely is like momentum builds where if like if you win enough awards, then the other festivals just start giving you awards because you're the one that's won all the other <laughs> yeah. awards. And like, it, I don't understand how that happens, but I've seen it happen again and again. Popularity and again. contest. And, and not that Justin yeah. movie isn't good. It is, but it's like once you sort of tip over, yeah. it's like, well, if you want an award at Tribeca and you play at Riff, yeah. you better get the award at Riff. Yeah. Now granted Riff did give their award before Tribeca in this case, but, <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, and in it, and now he has because of going to film festivals like Tribeca uh, and getting in there, and he didn't win anything in Tribeca, but he's won awards at other places. Yeah. That then, when it's in Tribeca and also uh, hey, official selection of Tribeca plus winner of all these yeah. other smaller festivals and so many of them that it just seems ridiculous at yeah. this point. Uh, that then he does have people in L.A. talking to him about turning it into a TV show. Yeah. You know, he's he is getting that like sort of festival darling type experience yeah. out of the short. Um, so it is possible. But he also could have just put it online and to become a overnight success on Vimeo and yeah. somebody contacts him um, because he's a Vimeo staff pick. So that's also possible. Yeah. Yeah. So your 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 past very um it's very interesting. Things in life aren't always as it seems, but you never know. Um, that's that's the beauty of this industry. Yep. So, well, anyways, Ryan, we appreciate you divulging your information and uh, getting the inside scoop, and, and hope that this doesn't leak and that you get banned from all film festivals. That's right, exactly. Because they're like, this guy's a snoop. Uh, but, uh, and then the next time I meet Rock, The Rock, I hope you're there with me. I hope so too, because when he talks to like people who are comedians, this is what he says. He goes, "Do you make the haha?" I mean. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> so, the Scorpion King himself. The Scorpion King himself. I heard he smells really good and he's bigger than you think. So that's my mind. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, folks, we'll see you next week. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.